she's, she's up there helping us today. First Peter chapter two, let's start with verse number one. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now skip down to verse number 21 of the same chapter there in 1 Peter. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Somebody say example. That you should follow in his footsteps. Father, we thank you for the atmosphere in this room. If we were to leave today, just now, we would leave so full and so blessed and so enriched and so challenged. But to think, God, do you even have more for us? Now you're going to give specific instruction and direction and guidance to us today, how to live this life that you've called us to live. It's really overwhelming, but we're thankful, God. We pray our hearts to be open and attentive. Say what you want to say, God. May we receive it with gladness, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Has anybody ever gotten lost? You ever gotten lost? You ever gotten turned around, taken a wrong turn, ended up somewhere you weren't really expecting to go, weren't really trying to go there? Anybody ever gotten lost? I just tell you what, I've gotten lost. Karen knows I'm not really uh, real savvy when it comes to direction anyway. She has more of an eye and ear and just feel for directions than I do. And I'm okay saying that. Even as a man, I'm okay saying my wife is better at directions than me. There I said it. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of men out there, you feel the same way. You just may not want to say it like I did. Just out there in the open for God and everybody to hear. Well, one of my favorite TV shows, they don't make them like this anymore, but it is still in syndication and it's still in reruns. Every now and then I can catch it. Andy Griffith. Do I have any Andy Griffith fans out there? See, I'm getting anointed right now talking about Andy Griffith. I love Andy Griffith. I really do. I think it's just a classic show, well-written, so funny and humorous, and the, the, the cast that they had just worked together so well. One of my very favorite episodes of Andy Griffith is Andy going to take Opie and Opie's friends camping. Anybody ever see this one? Well, of course, Barney, he's all involved. Barney's my favorite character, maybe because I think I relate to him on so many levels. <laughs> But I love Barney. So Barney, you know, he's going to go too. He's going to go and chaperone. So Barney's the know-it-all. He knows everything of anything, knows everything about anything. And he sure enough did know everything about camping and the woods and the outdoors, right? So he's taking the time to talk to the boys and set them straight on what they need to bring and what they need to do. And they end up out at the campsite. And Barney is out in the woods with Gomer. The only way you can improve on an Andy Griffith episode is add Gomer in the mix with Barney. I'm telling you, I could just sit and watch that all day. So funny, so good. 
Barney and Gomer are out in the woods and they get lost. Anybody seen this one? They get lost and Barney's still trying to act like he knows everything. And he knows where he's going. And oh, we're not lost and I've never seen this tree before and I never saw, you know, ends up they're just going in circles and they're lost. Well, Andy comes rescues the day you know but Andy did it in such a way that he made Barney out to be the hero I like that about Andy there's always a good point always a good story but if you've ever gotten lost I'm just telling you it's no fun it's easy to get lost in Indiana especially if you live in the backwoods part there's some backwoods part to Indiana let me just tell you uh, my family a lot of them live in Linton Indiana anybody know where Linton is Duggar, and then there's Jasonville. Now, Pastor Dave and Sonny actually lived in Jasonville for uh, a, a number of years, but it's, it makes Terre Haute look like uptown. And Terre Haute's pretty, pretty country and pretty hick in itself. And I say that with all the pride I can muster because that's where I grew up. But I'm just telling you, you get, you get back in the backwoods, you get turned around real fast in Indiana. You know what? I found out it's not just Indiana, however. There's some backwoods part to California. Anybody ever got turned around in California? I did a wedding a couple of years ago. Just outside of Bakersfield, I say just outside, is about 20 miles into the woods and into the hills uh, outside of Bakersfield. By the time I got there, I thought I'd driven to Kentucky. I'm just telling you, I thought it was, it was backwoodsy. It really was. And, um, you know, the country roads that are twisting and winding and turning and you know farmers telling you to turn right at the big oak tree just past the old dilapidated silo on the left which is about two and a half miles beyond old man Kelsey's place that's some backwoods but you know what in California I actually had directions when I was going to the wedding outside of Bakersfield I had a map Maps are helpful. Maps are actually wonderful. I carry one in my car at all times, just because you never know. Bertha has one in her as well. Bertha is Karen's van, by the way. If you hear us talking about the names of our cars, we're kind of weird like that, but we name our vehicles. Bertha has a map in her, because you just never know, right? I really wish I had the room for a map about like this. Come here, Pastor Dave, Pastor Moses. This is a good one right here. Look at this map. This, hold it up high. There we go. This is a map of Southern Orange County. Right here, it's a, it's a little bit older map. I found it under the, one of the pews. It had been there for, for years and years and years. I was looking for something else, and, and I found this map. We're on this map, by the way, right here, La Palma. La Palma, California. I ought to work at Disney, two fingers right there. La Palma, California. You know, Disney workers, they're not allowed to point with one finger. It's considered rude. So you point with two fingers or with an open hand. Just a little Disney trivia. I just sneak that in. La Palma right here and look at this isn't it amazing by the way 
We are going to make such an impact in this whole entire community. We're going to start in La Palma, and we're going to branch out into Buena Park and Cerritos and Artesia and Lakewood and Long Beach and Los Al and Rossmore and Seal Beach and Norwalk and Downey and Santa Fe Springs and La Mirada and Whittier and Fullerton and La Habra. And hey, does anybody see this? Hallelujah. I see that in our future. By the way, this is how we're going to do it. We are going to start life groups come January. Should the Lord tarry, we're going to start life groups. And we're going to be not only meeting in the sanctuary like we are right now, we are also, church, going to be meeting in homes all across this region. We're going to be reaching out to our coworkers and our family, reaching out to our neighbors, reaching out to the lost. And our discipleship is about to be strengthened like it has never been strengthened before. God help us. I believe that. A map. Now that doesn't have anything to do with where I'm going, but I just felt that right there. I'm going to let you know about a little bit more about, you guys can just lay that on the steps right there. I'm going to be letting you know a little bit more about what life groups looks like, by the way. Uh, in the next few weeks, you'll probably be getting a letter from me, and I'm going to spell all of this out. Uh, what life groups looks like and when we're going to meet and, and all of that. But just be in prayer. God is up to something. Hallelujah. Amen. You believe that? Anybody a member of AAA? Yeah. I love AAA. I don't like to change tires. I know you can't probably believe that. I don't know that I'd ever even know how to change a tire. I, I know, I know. I'm just being real vulnerable today. I'd try. I would try. Well, it could be a purse. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm comfortable enough in my masculinity. I'd carry it. Does it look all right with my outfit? <clears throat> Thank you. I'm so, listen, if you're visiting, I am sorry. Please come back and give us another chance. <clears throat> AAA, they'll come and change out your tire. You ever locked your keys in your, in your vehicle? They'll come and, and open up your... I, it's well, for me, it is well worth the money to be a part of AAA. And another advantage is if you're taking a trip, they will map out your trip for you from starting point all the way to your destination. They call it a trip tick. You ever gotten a trip tick before? I wanted to just kind of see how it would look for a trip from La Palma to Terre Haute. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the way, okay? I don't know the way to San Jose, but I do know the way. <laughs> Never mind. I'm sorry. Here we go. So where are we? So here we go. That ain't it. I need a map to find my map, Karen said. That ain't it. Here we go. So here we are. You just call them up. If you're a member, you just call them up and they'll... That ain't it. That's part of it. Now, come on, bear with me. That's part of it. That's the end of it. 
I think I had the right map at the beginning. Oh, here we go. Yep. So here we go all the way in California. They're going to start me in California. See this highlighter? They're going to take me all the way through Santa Fe. Do you know the way to Santa Fe? Well, now you do. And then they're going to take me all the way through these other states. Finally, they're going to get me all the way over to Terre Haute. They have it all lined up on a one page that you just flip it. There you go. Good to have maps, right? There's a map right there. And then if, you wanna, if, you, if you've got extra time, look at this. They're going to take you through the Indian country. And you can, you can just go and, and, and mess around in the Indian country if you'd like to do that, right? Okay. So then they said, well, do you have extra time beyond that? If so, here are some tour books. Here's one for Illinois and Indiana and Ohio. Here's one for Colorado and Utah, Arkansas and Kansas and Missouri and Oklahoma right there. You can stop by Arizona and New Mexico. And if you're really wanting to, to get courageous and take some time, they'll route you through Texas even and then back up to Indiana. So there you go. Maps. I want to talk about one more map. One more map. And it's right here. Anybody have a map with you today? Come on and hold up your map if you've got a map with you today. There's no need for you to get turned around. There's no need for you to get lost. You have a map. A map that will route you and guide you, not from La Palma to Terre Haute. Oh, no. The place we're going is much better than Terre Haute. Hallelujah. The map that I'm speaking of is the Word of God, and it will route you and guide you from earth to eternity, from here to glory. It's a map. Look at what the Bible says about the Word of God. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. I think too many people get turned around on their way from here to glory because they don't have the proper light for the path. They're letting their own opinion light the way. They're letting the world's philosophies light their way. They're letting their education light their way. But see, the Bible says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. What that says to me, it tells me where I am today and whether I'm in the right place today. God's Word is, is strong enough to do that. How many believe God's Word can let you know exactly where He wants you to be right now today? Amen. Then it'll also illuminate the path for you to take the next step. Your, your, your Word is a lamp to my feet. That's where I am right now but it's a light for my pathway, which is where he wants me to go, right? God didn't want me to stay in Indiana, Miss Mickey. God wanted to lead me to California. I can't believe it even as I say it out of my mouth. It, it, it amazes me and humbles me that God would want to lead me from Indiana all the way to California, a place I'd never even been. 
wanted to leave me out here. But unless I had his word, the map, I wouldn't know how to get here. Now, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about getting a hold of AAA. They could get me here physically. I'm talking about spiritually. His word is a, a map for me. And he let me know, I've got you in Indiana, and for a little season, I'm going to even take you to Illinois. And he planted me in Chicago for one great year. But then he says, I'm closing that door, and now I'm illuminating another path. I'm taking you to a land you've never been. I'm taking you to a place that you've never been to meet people you've never met before. God's Word leading us and guiding us. But God's Word isn't just a guide from earth to eternity. God's Word will actually hone in and get real specific. See, once I get to Terre Haute, I can get a Terre Haute map, and it will bring up all the grid of just Terre Haute, right? And then I know all the ins and outs of Terre Haute. I don't get that on this right here. This is just a larger overview. See, the Bible wants to bring up the grid, the small grid in your life and and show you how to not just get from earth to eternity. He wants his word to be a guide for growth. Let me talk to you a few minutes today about guides for growth. I've entitled the message, in fact, Guides for Growth. We're talking about growing in God. The bigger series here is growing in God. How do we grow in God? I'm so glad you asked. There are guides for us today. Guide number one, if you want to grow in God, certain things need to be evicted. (laughs) I said certain things must be evicted. Look at our text, verse number one. Therefore, laying aside or evicting all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Paul asked a question of the church in Corinth, and I believe I'll ask you. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? He asked the church, I ask you, look at this in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit of God dwells or abides or lives? That's what that translates, by the way, dwells. It's a living area. It's not Motel 6. It's a living, it's a home. The Spirit of God desires to live in us. Well, let me tell you something else. There are certain things that come knocking on our heart's door on a daily basis, week after week and month after month, wanting in. Let me in, let me in, let me in. Or they won't even bother knocking. They try to sneak in through a window somewhere that we've left unlatched. Trying to come in and take residence in our heart home. And if we're not careful, they succeed. They must be put aside or evicted. It's time to just go through the house and see if all the residents are ones that you want there. Have they been invited? Have they signed the lease? You you even know 
who's taking up residence in your heart house. Well, certain things, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all. Somebody say all. Uh-huh. All evil speaking. These things desire to take up residence. They don't belong in the house of God, and nor do they belong in the heart house of God. Amen? You know, there are things that as a child you have and you, you hold on to, right? I think of a little girl, maybe, and her favorite teddy bear or her favorite doll. Anywhere you see her, you're going to see that teddy bear. You're going to see that doll. She doesn't leave home without it. In fact, you have to turn around the car to go get it if she did leave home without it. it just, it's just better off that way. Or the little boy and his blanket, right? You got to have that blanket. You check everything. You got diapers, you got a bottle, you got this, you got that. Do you have his blanket? Because we all know it's not going to go well if we get to where we're going and he didn't have his blanket. You all know what I'm talking about. But there comes a point. Daisy had a favorite blanket. I wanted to get it out of the, the trunk. I mean, we put it away. We, we, it's a keepsake now. But it is a ratty mess of a keepsake. I'm not kidding you. She wore this thing out. It was shredded to pieces. Carolyn Baker had to repair it more than once. Didn't she, Susan? Yeah. Finally, we're like, it's beyond repair. Let's just, let's just gently fold it up and put it away. But Daisy didn't care. She loved that blanket. She loved that blanket. She wanted it everywhere she went. But at some point, the childish things have to be put away. Makes sense for a child to have a doll, a a teddy bear, a blanket. Isabella, she's going to want something, right? But at some point, we need to put away the childish things, lay them aside. Paul said that some childish things are envy, strife, and division. 1 Corinthians 3, 3, you're, uh, for you are still carnal. Where there are envy, strife, and division among you, are you not carnal? Behaving like mere men or you're behaving like children, really. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he just goes on a few, few verses later. He says, now when I was a child, I spoke like a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I grew up, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Peter agreed with Paul, and he says in our text today, evict, put away malice. Malice, by the way, is just bitterness or wrong feelings toward other people doesn't belong in your heart doesn't belong in the temple of God's spirit evict it today deceit let's listen closely today let's hear with spirit ears today deceit by the way is concealing the truth or distorting the truth for the purpose of misleading deceit is concealment or distortion of the truth for the purpose of misleading. It doesn't belong in the believer's life. It doesn't belong in the believer's heart house. It must be evicted. If there's any inkling of deceit, 
put it aside. Get rid of it today. Hypocrisy is another thing mentioned by the apostle. Hypocrisy is pretense of having a virtuous character, moral or religious belief, moral or religious principles that one does not really possess. You're just putting on a front, putting on a show. It's just a facade. It's just a veneer. God spoke to that this morning already, saying it does not please him. And he wants to peel that off. He wants the authentic, he said. I want the real deal. Did God not say that? I want the real deal. Hypocrisy, folks, is just pretending like I'm religious, like I'm virtuous, like I'm living a right life. And then, in secret, you're living another life. Hello? Come on, let the Word of God do what the Word of God's supposed to do today. It says envy is another thing that needs to be evicted. Envy is torment and want of someone else's goods. Torment over someone else's goods, wanting what somebody else has. Never being satisfied with what God has given you. Oh, I wish I had their house. Oh, I wish I had their car. Oh, I wish I had his job. Oh, I wish I had his wife. God help us. I'm not talking about the unbeliever here. He was talking, Paul uh, and Peter both were talking to the church. They were talking to Christ followers, just as I am. God help us. No envy. God's blessed you beyond what you deserve. Come on now. God has blessed you abundantly and graciously. Let's be thankful for what we have. And let's, you know how to fight envy? You know how to, how to destroy envy? Give away what you do have. Give away to somebody else that's less fortunate. You'll stop looking at somebody else and wanting what somebody else has. I promise you that. That's a good way to destroy envy. Evict it from your heart. Evict it from your life. And then it says all evil speaking. Well, I could really, I could camp here, but I don't have the time. All evil speaking. Now, we've all been guilty in this arena, and I include myself. I have said things. Things have come out of my mouth as a Christ follower that do not please the Father. God, help me. God, forgive me. And lead me, Lord, so I don't do that again. And, folks, we cannot just shrug our shoulders and say, well, it's just my temperament. And if, if somebody pushes my buttons, I'm going to lose my cool and, you know, something's going to come out of my mouth. Now, I do ask God to forgive me for it, but you allow room for stuff. That's not right. That's premeditated. That's first-degree sin. Come on now. It's premeditated. It's premeditated, and it's a stench in God's nostrils. Oh, my care, that's my character. My mother was that way. She'd lose her cool. My daddy was that way. You've been born again. You've been bought with a price. You've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. Don't bring all that garbage from generation after generation into your new life. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away, the Bible says. Behold, all things have become new including your character, including your disposition. 
all evil speaking, slander, talking poorly about other people, lying, gossiping, complaining, and murmuring. These are all included in all evil speaking. Murmuring and complaining caused God's chosen people to wander in a desert when the promised land was just in sight for 40 years. God's chosen people. Did I say that? How many are, are, are part of God's chosen people today? Amen. Well, may we not wander in our desert because of our evil speaking, talking poorly, gossiping, slandering, murmuring or complaining. You want me to move on? Okay. You want to grow in God? Certain things are not to be allowed in your life. Karen, thank you for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and being led and not being afraid of just saying, listen, folks, that's kind of how Karen and I are. You know that by now. We've been here almost 11 years. It was 11 years ago that we drove up into this parking lot, the end of, uh, end of October. Our first Sunday will be in November, 11 years ago. You know us by now, the majority of you. There goes my map. That's how we are. I don't want to offend anybody. But again, as I was trying to explain, if you could hear what the Spirit of God is saying in me, I've, it just comes to me aggressively, and I'm going to say it aggressively. Right? Thank you, though, for being sensitive and just saying it. Not everything belongs in your house, guys. Be careful what you're feeding your spirit. What are you feeding your spirit, by the way? Because not only should certain things be evicted, certain things ought to be eaten. Oh, come on, somebody. Point number two, certain things must be eaten. Look at our text here, verse number two. As newborn babes desire the pure milk from their mother, so we should desire the pure milk of the word. And if we desire the pure milk of the word, we may grow thereby. Proper food ensures proper growth. Karen did not have the opportunity to hear the sermon in the first service, she was not here. She had no clue where I was going. I don't go over my notes with Karen before I preach. Occasionally I'll tell her, you know, something that the Holy Spirit was showing me or whatever, but I did not do that on this, on this particular sermon. And she danced all over this point as the Holy Spirit was prompting her to speak. You know, they say you are what you eat. And they also say garbage in is garbage out. It's so true. It's astounding to me, church, how many Christ followers ingest garbage into the spirit man and allow garbage into the hard house and wonder why they're spiritually sick. Parents, the challenge has already come and you have permission from the Holy Spirit <laughs> to get in your child's business. That privacy thing, that confidentiality thing, that only applies when they're out of my house. That's just me. Call me old-fashioned. 
but I'm just telling you, as long as they're in my house, Pastor Dave, I'm going to know the music that's on their, on their iPods and what have you, on the phone. I mean, it's so easy today. You'd be astounded, and they're so savvy. My kids are far more savvy technically than I am. I'm a technical mess. I, but I've got people in my life that can help me, you know. But if I leave it to my kids, you know. And again, it's not that I don't trust my kids. I don't trust the devil. I don't trust the allure of the world. I don't trust their friends. Come on now. We're going to fight. We want the victory. We're going to fight. What are you eating, mom and dad and grandparent? What are you eating? What are you feeding the spirit man? Certain things should be eaten. Spiritually speaking, Pastor Dave did a home run sermon a couple Sunday nights ago, and if you, didn't, if you didn't get that, if you weren't here, you need to go and get the DVD. I'm telling you, it was a home run. He talked about death in the pot. He, he, he spoke of, of how they, they put all the goodness in the pot. They put the, the potatoes in and the carrots and the celery in and the, all the goodness that went in and all the spices and all the herbs, but they also put in a wild vine, the Bible says. It was a poisonous gourd. And the poisonous gourd spoiled the whole pot. You couldn't eat any of it. We bring in all this goodness. We, we, we'll justify it. Well, I read the Bible today, so I guess I can go ahead and watch that R-rated movie. The TV programs, every year, every season, they just push the boundaries out, and they allow more and more and more and more and more, and we say, well, I, I just like, I like whodunits. Well, who don't? I do, too. I, I just like those law shows. Well, I do, too, you know. But how much garbage do we have to ingest and get into, into us to get to some bit of what we think is goodness or, or, or just satisfaction? I know nobody wants to hear this today. But it's the rubber meeting the road. It's where we're living, folks. And if we, want, if we want to get to these places in God and these heights and these depths in God, some things have got to change up in here. <laughs> Come on now, some things have got to change. What we're watching, what we're viewing, TV, movies, magazines, books, filled with profanity, sex scenes, explicit scenes in our face every day. Unmarried couples living together, it's promoted as natural. Drinking as a sign of the good life, anti-God, anti-Christian, the homosexual agenda, and on and on it goes. And we just sit there with our forks and spoons, spiritually speaking, and we just take it in and can't eat enough of it. God, forgive us and God, help us. Some things have got to change. What are we going to feed on? <laughs> what are we going to feed on? I said certain things need to be evicted and certain things need to be eaten. What are you going to eat on then? Eat the word of God. As newborn babies desire the milk of their mother, so we should desire the word of God. Feed on the praises of God. I love music. You know that. Most of you know that. I can't hardly go throughout a day. Well, I'll say it. I don't go, I don't go throughout a day. 
that I don't feed some bit of music into me. Pastor Moses, you know, in my devotional time, I started out with praise. It's just, it just is like a switch that goes on in me. I put on some praise and it just takes me there and it makes me think of the goodness of God and how great my God is and how big my God is and his righteousness and his holiness and his love for me and his, his strength that he gives me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, even now thinking about it and talking about it. Hallelujah. What are you going to eat? Feed yourself the praises of God and the goodness of God. It will nurture your soul. It will nurture your spirit. Naturally, we've got to be eating the Word of God. Let me give you three D's right here. You know me, I like to alphabetize or rhyme. So I got three D's for you right here. Considering the Word of God and feeding on the Word of God, number one, desire it. Desire it. And if you say, well, I don't really have a desire for it, well, ask God to give you that. I understand. Sometimes you get in some of these Old Testament books, it, you know, you can kind of glass over, you know what I mean? I'm being honest with you, even me. I'm in the, I'm in the minor prophets right now. And uh, although, I tell you, I haven't glassed over at all, it's super, super exciting and interesting to me. But I'm just saying, sometimes you get in, in some of the begats and that, and you just, I'm thinking about lunch. I'm thinking about coffee, I'm, you know. But I still say, God, give me a desire for your word. Pray that God would give you a desire and think, okay, it's Monday. And so that means, uh, everything else that it means, it means I'm going to get in the word of God. Because it's Monday, right? And I made a commitment that on Monday, I'm going to get in the Word of God. Then Tuesday comes around. <laughs> you say, okay, it's Tuesday, and I got this, that, and the other to do. You've got choir practice on Tuesday night. Uh, but it also means this, i got to get in the Word of God because I committed that on Tuesday, I'm going to get into the Word of God. Then Wednesday rolls around. Is anybody with me here tonight? Hey, Wednesday comes around. We say, I'm going to have church on Wednesday night. We're going to separate the men. We're going to separate the, the women. And we're going to have friendship cafe and all the list of things that Wednesday means. But one more thing that Wednesday means, it means I'm going to get into the Word of God because I committed that on Wednesdays, I'm going to get into the Word of God. Then Thursday rolls around, hallelujah, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do the other. But one more thing that Thursday means, it means I'm going to get into the Word of God because I committed that on Thursdays I'm going to get into the Word of God. Then Friday comes, and Saturday comes, and Sunday comes, and of all the other things that I've committed to do, I am going to get into the Word of God because that's what I do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, hallelujah. Every day, desire the Word of God. Discipline yourself in it, number two. Second D, discipline yourself in it. And what I'm saying here is whether you feel like it or not, you've got to get into the Word of God because are you ready for this? Even as your pastor, I don't always feel like reading the Word of God. Don't stone me. Don't run me out. But see, I, I already made up my mind that no matter if I feel like it or not, I'm going to get into the Word of God. And I'm going to read it, study it, meditate on it. Read it, study it, meditate on it. Read it, study it, meditate on it, then repeat. And you just do that. You just do that and delight yourself in it third thing, third D right here. Let me get through the Utah. What is my third D? Oh, digest it. 
you got to digest it, right? See, I said a moment ago, sometimes it's sweet like honey, isn't it? Oh, and we have our favorite scriptures, and we'll go to them. They're our go-to scriptures, and boy, they just strengthen us, and they help us, and they get us through. Yolanda, you said one the other day about waiting on God. What was it, Psalm what? 40, Psalm 40, and it was so awesome a few Wednesdays ago. We'd just recite our favorite scriptures. Like, it's like honey, it's like sugar. So sweet. That's easy to digest. What about the one that God says, I, I, I chasten those I love? That kind of stings, right? We got to take in the whole Word of God. Don't pick and choose what you want out of the Word of God. Don't, don't, don't make something fit into your situation. You take the entirety of the Word of God, you, you discipline yourself in it, you desire it, and then you digest it and you let it accomplish what God sent it to accomplish in your life. Somebody say amen. I got to move on. I got to move on. Number three, if you want to grow in God, certain things need to be evicted certain things need to be eaten certain ones should be our examples not everybody is supposed to be in your boat not everybody is supposed to be in your life and you better be real real careful of who you're allowing to speak into your life I'm not a fan of missionary dating how many know what missionary dating is mm -hmm. That's the one who says, well, I know they're not a believer, but I'm going to go out with them anyway, and I, I'm going to try to win them over to the Lord, see? And then all of a sudden, they, they go out about a dozen times, and, and now they're kind of hooked. They're still not a believer, but I'm still hoping. Next thing you know, they're engaged. Next thing you know, they're married. Next thing you know, the one that was trying to win them doesn't even go to church anymore. Why? Because of the influence that that one had on the believer. Now, I'm not saying that we are to uh, segregate ourselves and isolate ourselves. We are to be in the world and we are to be an influence in the world. But we better be careful who is influencing us, church. Who is your example? We need to have Bible examples, okay? There's plenty, but I found several in Hebrews chapter 11. No need to go there, but let me just highlight a few of the Bible examples that I found there. This is the, the, the hall of faith, the hall of fame of faith right here. Hebrews 11, Abel was our example, or is our example. Enoch is our example. Noah is our example. Abraham is our example. Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab. Listen to this, a prostitute that God used mightily is listed in the hall of faith. Rahab the prostitute, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. You need an example to look to. You get into the word of God and you find these characters that God poured into and God helped. We have the Bible examples. We should also, of course, have our own personal examples. I think of my grandmother who was so faithful to the Lord, loved God's house and loved God's word, and she would tell it to us every chance that she got. I think of my mother who uh, is with the Lord at this time. She loved God. She would hold herself up in the bedroom, and I remember on more than one occasion hearing my mother crying behind a closed door. I thought she was in trouble until I heard her say the name of Jesus, and I knew, I knew she, was, she was just in prayer and that everything was going to be all right. In fact, probably going to be better because she's in prayer. And I wouldn't get too many steps away, and I might hear my own name mentioned in prayer. 
I think of my mother as an example. I think of the time where Pastor Arm Priester would just say, Sherilyn, no, we were in a, a small church, and uh, he, he would just spontaneously say, I feel like you ought to sing a song for us this morning. Do you have a song ready? Now, didn't give her any heads up, any forewarning or any notice. And my mother would just stand to her feet and go to the piano, and she would begin to play under the anointing of God. I didn't really understand it as a boy. All I knew was something in the room changed. My mother would sit down, and she would begin to worship. And more than once, she wouldn't even finish the song, Sister Mickey. And she would just lift her hands in worship and usher in such an anointing into that, into that little country church in West Terre Haute, Indiana. More than once, the preacher couldn't even preach because of the power of God. I think of my mother as a great example. She's already with the Lord. I think of my father today who lives it out yet to this day. I love my father's example. He believes it. He, he, he listens to it. He lets it be applied to his life, and then he takes it out of the doors. I have other men and other women in my life, and I hope you do as well. They need to be our examples. But hear me closely as I close this. Pastor Moses, I'm going to close this. Help me close this. I heard Tommy Barnett last week. Karen and I went to a minister's retreat. He was the speaker. He said, I just love closing. He said, I do it about six or eight times. I just love closing a service. As I close, <laughs> listen carefully. The Bible is full of examples, men and women, heroes of faith. We have our own personal examples. But the ultimate one that is to be our example, it's Jesus Christ. Verse number 21 of our text, 1 Peter 2, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Are you ready to grow in God? Do you desire to grow in his word? in the knowledge of his word? Are there things in your life that are stunting your growth? Are there, are there residents who need to be evicted out of your hard house? Oh, only you can answer that. In fact, I want you to bow your heads and I want you to ponder that. When's the last time you did some spring cleaning we'll call it fall cleaning just because it's october <laughs> it's autumn so we'll do fall cleaning today but maybe you need to look deep within your hard house find if there are those things that should be put aside that should be evicted if you're here today and you would say pastor steve there are some things in my life that the Holy Spirit are showing me. The Holy Spirit is showing me that are not pleasing to the Father and they're hindering my growth. Would you pray for me? Just put your hand up and put it right back down. Amen. 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 Yes. Come on. There are, there are things that are hindering your growth and you need prayer today. Lift your hand and put it right back down. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All over this house. It was kind of a trick question because I believe that every hand really should have been raised because there's such a fight 
for us to grow in God. And there will always be those issues that we grapple with. And there will always be an enemy that's trying to stunt our growth. Everyone's standing. And I just want you one more time to just cup your hands toward heaven as I pray over you this morning. Father, I thank you for a wonderful day in your house. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who've gathered here to worship you and to learn of you. God, it is our desire as a church body, as part of your family, to grow. We are not content, God, just to know the way from earth to eternity, from here to heaven. We want to grow on the journey. Show us these areas, Lord, that do not please you. These residents that are trying to unpack and live and dwell in our hearts and in our lives. May we have the courage to evict them, to fight against them, to put them aside. Help us, God, to eat the right things, filling the spirit man with spiritual nutrients, praise, worship, and your word. And God, I pray for the right people to be in our lives. And let us be the right people in others' lives. We commit ourselves to you today afresh and anew, asking for your leading, for your guidance, giving you praise. We pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. I want you just to take your seat for one more minute, please. Um, we've uh, been reminding you uh, through the last month or so that we were going to be taking an offering for our pastors, um, and our ushers are ready to do that right now. Um, you know, our pastors pour their lives into this church body. They put their time, their effort, their resources they give, and this is just uh, a small portion of what we can do once a year to express our appreciation to them. And so we're going to take an offering, uh, and it's expressly for our staff, our pastor and our staff. Um, so I want you to just prepare that offering right now as our ushers are coming, and uh, we're going to give to our pastors today in appreciation for what they've done for us, okay? Let's pray. Lord, right now, we just thank you and praise you so much for this wonderful house that you've given us. Thank you and praise you, Lord, for those that minister to us each and every week, each and every day, the time that they put in and the effort, the energy. And Lord, I just pray your blessing upon us time and upon this offering, Lord, as we receive it to show our appreciation to those that feed us so much. Amen.